Guys, I've got a ring in this. I don't know if the other monitors are such, but um, it's usually a very pertinent subject like end times or such or someone giving their story. Uh, recently, my mom allowed us the privilege of hearing her story. And weren't you blessed by that and their journey? Well, this morning, Leanne and I have the privilege of just sitting and talking uh, with our friend Michelle, who pretty much grew up in our church. I wanted to give you this foundation so that we can spend her time and this time together on the key issues that she feels that you need to know about her. But just precious, cute, little sweet girl in the youth group and all grown up. And like many of us, life took a detour. Well, she took a detour and um, had a winding road away from the father's house. And there were years of deception and years of darkness and don't, don't think I'm beating up on her. She's going to tell you. But then there was the grace of God and the, the wooing of God and the, 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 the drawing of God and the miraculous part, not just of forgiveness, but restoration. See, every prodigal that comes home finds out that their, their chair is still at the table. Their room is still available. So would y'all greet with me this morning, Leanne Nichols and Michelle Craig. So y'all need to know this by way of disclaimer. Why y'all gave me the one that a 40-pound person can sit on? Yeah. You know they're going to, remember that time John broke the chair on the stage? Golly. And if I have any carpenters, we bought this beautiful table that is exactly four inches too short for all the stools. So if y'all can make this taller, oh, and we can get in. We bet we got my leg. Anyway, um, Leanne and I want to start. I, I would like for us to just kind of ease this in for Michelle. What you need to know uh, right out the gate is naturally, this is the last thing her personality type would want to do. Don't need to be up front. No, don't need to be up front. Don't need to speak. And this is. This is from our conversations. She said, I need to for the Lord, and I need to for them. See, there's people away from the Lord, and there are people praying for those that are away from the Lord. And I think that's going to be an encouragement for you today. Leanne, tell us about y'all's history. How did y'all get to not just know one another, but for her to become such a vital and precious part of your life? Um, yeah, it's been over 20 years um, uh, we had Christ Chapel softball team, and um, I was a shortstop, and she was the third baseman, oh. and we were in different seasons of life. She was like, I think, 19, and I was married and in my early, mid-20s, so just different seasons of life, so we were, we were playing softball together. That was, that was cool, but um, several years went by, and she graduated, went to college, all of a she was popping in and out of here. Um, still, there was one Sunday night, just a couple years 
after our relationship started, and I really didn't know her well. Again, we were in different seasons of life, um, not hanging out on a regular basis at all. And um, she was sitting in the back row on a Sunday night, and the service ended, and I just came back there and said, hey, Michelle, what's going on? How are you doing? And it wasn't great. And we just sat and talked, and from then on, she became a precious part of my family's mm -hmm. life. She was there um, when Chloe was born and cared for her and w was a friend to me during that time. I know. <laughs> um, a precious, precious friend and gift from God to me during that time to um, help me with Chloe, and um, we just grew in our relationship, talking about the Lord. She was struggling with some things. I walked through things. We did life together. I shared with her, you know, things in my life. We did life together. It wasn't uh, um, just one way straight at all and just talked about the Lord. And um, then over time, things changed. She moved away. And um, we kept in contact. We certainly kept in contact. But we're going to enter into a lot of this in a minute. But okay. that's where it began. That's where okay. it began. Softball team, having that moment in that service where we really connected and um, developed from there. Anything you want to start with with her? It's how do you encapsulate a decade or half? Anything you want to start with? You think you could start out unless you just have a prayer? I think we could. Leanne, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Father, I thank you that you never leave us and you never forsake us. No matter how far we run, no matter how far we go, you say that your light cannot be extinguished by the darkness. And I keep hearing that again and again and again. And in this place right now, you are present. You are always present. We cannot run from your presence. And right here, Lord, we need your calming peace. We need your gentle spirit. Your loving arms wrap us up. And the fire of your presence. It is your work, your hand, your glory. And this is done in your name. Wrap up, my friend, right now, Lord, in your loving embrace. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. So, Michelle, when, when did you come to faith? Born again, I, I believe it was as a little girl. Yeah, I was um, five years old. <laughs> um, my parents, I grew up, my parents um, divorced when I was young. Um, I was six years old when they separated, seven when things were really finalized. Um, but I remember, I think I was probably born on the front row of a church. Um, I was in church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival, you name it, vacation Bible school, like, mm -hmm. that was, that was life. Um, I remember, even as a little girl, you know, the pastor bringing me up to pray and close out sermon. I mean, it was just one of those things where um, I knew, like, God is my life, even as a, as a kid, mm -hmm. you know. And so, how long between that period and you and Leanne becoming friends. Turn me down just a little bit, bud. Um, 
Well, I mean, I'm, I started Christ Chapel, I came here when I was 16 years old. Um, so I would say, yeah, I was probably okay. about 19. Okay, so you'd 18, known 19. the Lord 14, 15 years. Yeah. So when and where, I mean, we know that not only did you love him, you were vocal about your love for him, your testimony. This was genuine experience. Absolutely. Yeah, knowing him, knowing his voice. When and where did it start to turn away from the God of your youth? When and what did that look like? So I was, I love, Crest Chapel's home. Um, you know, I don't know how else to put it. Um, if you haven't been here long enough, you will realize this, this is home. Um, I was in youth. I was a youth leader. I would say, you know, I would come to church, but then Friday and Saturday night, I wasn't living my life right. Um, I was going out with friends that I didn't need to be going out with, doing things I didn't need to be doing. Um, I was living of the world. And then I was coming in here on church Sunday morning, checking a box like Pastor John has talked so often about, and praising, praising God, um, you know, and, and having that outward appearance that life is fine. But on the inside, I was a hot mess, let me tell you. Um, it's like it's like a car. You know, people like to clean their cars up and make them look good on the outside. You open up that door and you're like, I'm not sitting in that. Like, what in the <laughs> world? Yeah. Now, was that a gradual? Or, um, you, or did it just happen overnight? Or? Absolutely. It's a gradual process. And I think that is, that's the way Satan works. He sees an inch. He sees a little crack in that door, and he's like, hey, let's go do this. You know, let's go hang out at the bar. Let's go do this, do that. Um, and so, you know, it started out, you know, one weekend I would go off hanging with my friends, and Sunday morning would roll around, and no, I'm, I'm not going to go to church. I don't feel like it. And then another week would pass. Well, then it would be a month, and then it would be two months, and things just escalated, you know. Satan's conniving. He's sneaky. Mm -hmm. I would. I remember the times I would see you. I'd say, "Hey, Michelle," and to hear this now in this context. So Friday and Saturday night, we're out in the world, and Sunday, just shaking and crying. <laughs> Absolutely. I would say, John, that was the big deal about that Sunday night. It was an ordained moment. I knew it was an ordained moment for us to connect and for us to. For me to not set to take fine as an answer, you know, we say, somebody That's will say, good. how are you doing? I'm fine. I could tell she wasn't fine. And so entering into that with her, God ordained that moment so we would have the relationship that we have because she was walking through that. She was coming to church still, but living that other life. And it was causing turmoil inside of her. And so God put us together so that we could walk through yeah. that. So generally, now this is not exclusive, but generally, when people walk away from the Lord, they take one or two paths. They either denounce him, like I never really believed, or um, I don't believe, I just, that was my mom and dad made me, or they live like hell and say, God and I are okay. Which was your poison? God and I were good. I was his daughter. I was saved. Once saved, always saved. I'm great. Uh -huh. And, um... That's the way I lived my life. Um, you know, it's like I've, I've got this relationship with God, and when I die, I'm going to heaven. That's all I need to know. I'm checking that box. Um, but I found out 
It took a while, but I found out there's more, much more than that. What do you do with the verses, though, that say, um, and those that practice these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Because I knew you were a student of the word. You knew the word. Is that we just not going to focus on that? Or grace covers everything? I, Leanne and I have even had that conversation. And, and I, for me, and I think that it is not just me. I, I don't care what anybody says. <clears throat> if you are not walking in the will of God, you're reading your Bible and you're say, you say, well, the Lord says this. But he's telling, like, he would tell me things. I would, I would even tell Leanne, you know, God's talking to me and he told me we're good. No, that was me twisting the word of God around. I can't tell you how many people I ran across over a decade living life the same way I was who they would take, well, that word's not in the Bible. It, it was, wasn't put in the Bible until 1940-something. Or, you know, and it's like, no. Like, and, and I begin to believe those things. Mm -hmm. I, my mind began to get twisted. Um, and I began to believe man. I, I began to believe man and what they were telling me instead of God. You've got ordained ministers out here, ordained ministers, preaching the word of God that's not truth. It's not truth. It's words that they have twisted around, that they've written, and they've made it to apply to their life to make them feel better. And I think so many people do that. Yeah. The witness of salvation is never supposed to come from someone else. Like, you're okay. You're, no, according to the scripture, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, and then the blood of his son covers us and cleanses us from all sin. If, if we say that we uh, are in him, with him, and walk not in the light, we're a liar. And we have to be careful of the Christian friends and ministers that you get, you're not supposed to get your conviction of being good with God from someone else. It's supposed to come from you in the middle of his word speaking. And so you kind of was there any short supply of Christians coming alongside you? They're seeing your lifestyle, but you're good with it. Don't say nothing. Don't, don't intervene um, or look the other way. Or yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just being real. I can't tell you how many times I walked in this church and sat down. And I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. But I can tell you, these two right here, I can't thank you enough for just being real with me and letting me be real with you and not fearful. Um, I think so often people walk through life and they get, they get told about hell so much. You're going to hell for doing that. You're, get, you're going to hell for living that way. But what about the goodness of God? What about what he can do? What about the tenderness of God? Let's start there. That's what draws people, the sinner, someone like me, to God. And it's not like, why would I, why would I be drawn to him if all I'm hearing is you're going to hell. You're, you, this is awful. You're shaking your finger at me. You're, you're being harsh to me. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm not saying anybody did that here in this church, but just in general, that was the mindset I had, mm-hmm. you know, and you guys constantly reached out to me. You, you were praying for me. You knew how I was living my life and you were still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there were others praying for me as well. Yeah, I do. Well, it's not the thing that sends us to hell. It's the not knowing Christ as Savior and surrendering to Him as Lord. That sends it's us. not the thing. I think so much we get caught on the thing that the person is doing without looking deeper. you got to look deeper. Okay, it's that walk with God. It's not the thing they're doing. It's not who they're living with. It's not... The, the alcohol, it's not the pornography, it's not the addictions of the world, it's their relationship with God. Hey, let's put that stuff aside. Sit with God. He just wants you to sit with him. He'll deal with this other stuff later. Mm-hmm. Just just sit with him. Um, let's talk a little bit about how this developed because you were living here. We we had developed that relationship, that God-ordained moment that turned into the opportunity to get to know each other for us to develop in a friendship where that could happen and these things that we could walk through together. Um, we figured out that it was 2008 that you moved, and you moved to? A place I would never recommend. <laughs> and unfortunately, I still have to drive there and work every day. Atlanta, Georgia. The, the middle of Atlanta, Georgia. Midtown Atlanta. Well, you can take the Bible, the scriptures, and the Holy Spirit out of the way just to traffic. Like, no. <laughs> just no. But there was an environment that you entered into. Yeah. Um, I started gradually weaning my way away from church. Um, I moved to Atlanta. Um, I started meeting friends, people who I thought were friends, and and I'm not knocking anyone who I came in contact with and who I called a friend. They they were good people to me. You know, they they were good people. Um, I entered into a relationship with a woman. Um, I started hanging out with like-minded people and that's when everything else, God was pushed, God was pushed aside. Um, I started twisting God's word to match my lifestyle. Um, I was very, one of my best friends and Leanne you know, they always like to tell me, you only tell people what you want, to know, want them to know. You don't go any deeper. Say that again. You only tell, I only tell people what I want them to know. I don't go any deeper. Mm-hmm. If you ask me how you're doing, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Knowing it's a lie. It's a straight up lie. Of course I wasn't fine. Um, I just became, I got to a point in life where loneliness sinks in. Emotionally, I was not well, um, and I settled. I was like, God, if this is all you've got for me, okay. You know, this, this is it. I'm going to settle right here. Um, I would still talk to God periodically, but it was 
by no means me sitting down and diving in his word and saying, okay, God, show me what it is that you want to show me. Mm-hmm. Not what I want to believe it is, but what you want mm-hmm. to show me. Um, World of difference between a 365-day devotional and getting in the word so as to be convicted, not just to worship and adore him, but to be convicted and to repent of my sins so that I might have closer communion. Christians get hung up on the difference, and it should be very simple, between relationship and fellowship. I can have relationship with God through Christ his son and have no fellowship because my sins have separated me from him. And that's the part where we get tricked and you have um, indifferent or, or misinformed Christians well, you prayed when you were little. You're fine. Instead of focusing on that day, we should be talking about how are you with God today? The fellowship part, the communion around his word, the, 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 the repentance in your life. How's repentance in your life? How's surrender in your life? Is the repentance immediate? Is it wholehearted? Is it uh, thorough? Is it uh, worship-based? And so this for you, I want to bring out too what you said a moment ago about good people. See, we have to understand that the devil can use what we would say good people to introduce us to ungodly avenues and ungodly associations. Uh, He doesn't always come, you know, well, he more often comes as an angel of light, kindness, goodness, Uh, different baits for different fish. To the person that's off the deep end, he uses deep end bait. To the little girl who was raised in church, he used the kindness and the openness of people who let you in their life and were not doing anything to attack, but there was poison there. And as you made yourself available to that diet, when did that start to change um, in, in your heart? I, I was talking to you yesterday or the day before, and and Leanne just a little bit, and when you know we're so either misinformed or have no stance at all about homosexuality, you know, when one will say, "Well, I was born this way," and the Christians will say, "No, you weren't." Wait a minute, and I want to take just a minute here for this, and then I want you to come in and tell us your story because it's a little bit different than the average. Don't tell them they weren't born that way. The Bible says when we are drawn away of our own lust, we're all born into sin. And your propensity, your desires, your sinful desires may look different than someone else. Mine was immoral, sexually immoral, but it wasn't with uh, men. So some people, as long as they can remember their own lust, they're drawn away. Their lust could be towards that and someone else that says, oh, that's just so perverse. I'd never be that. But they love money. And if you love money, you can't love God. And somebody else's propensity is to popularity. But you didn't feel born that way. That, usually that's the mantra you hear on the news. So how did that come about for you? I think it's, it's like I was telling Leanne, it, it, it was a place of loneliness. Um, the devil is, so, he's so sneaky. Um, 
it was a struggle of, um, I'd been in relationships with men, dating, and I wasn't treated the greatest. Um, and I was like, well, I don't, I don't want that. And then I was just alone for so long. Um, and I got to a point where the loneliness was so bad. Um, and I think for so often, it, I think for me it was a gradual process. It wasn't that I woke up and was like, hey, I, I'm, I'm born this way. This is who I am. Live with it. No. Um, and, and I'm very careful to say this, but I, I believe it. I believe it wholeheartedly because I have lived it. There's not a soul that can tell me that they didn't feel the same way when they entered that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people can, can feel like they have a tendency or an attraction to someone, um, but it goes deeper than that, and it goes back to the relationship with God. Um, for me, I allowed the depression and the loneliness to sink in so deep that I thought that I was not good enough to have a healthy relationship with God. I wasn't healthy enough to have a relationship with a man um, after I, the way I had been treated. Um, and I just settled, and I, I got to that place of complacency. I, um, I felt secure, and as crazy as that sounds, I felt secure. Um, I had a good job, a nice house, I was traveling, seeing places in the world. Life's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I, I wasn't in his word, it was like, I, I, of course, I'm going to just stay where I'm at. Leanne, I know y'all had a couple points you wanted to address, but I want to bring this out and then let you come in if you don't mind. Um, so me knowing over the years so many people, male and female, going through their 20s and life would put them in a lonely place. And the idea of going home to that lonely house, shutting that door, dinner for one. Self-medication is not always drugs and alcohol. It can be whatever takes the edge off of the main thing and that loneliness. So it might not be a desire for immorality, but the phrase, anything's better than going home by herself. And see, that's the cunning nature of the devil. Your adversary, the devil, is walking around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He may devour. And the one that he can't devour is the one that houses the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Not just relationship, but fellowship, because that lion will roar up in the life of one, whether you hear it or not, and defend you. So that self-medication, nothing's worse than this. And for a moment when you self-medicate, it is better than the loneliness for a season. I think also... um Sin is sin. Mine was just publicly. Mine was out there for the world to see it. And I don't... Could you have done that here? No. Like the the brazen would do it right here. You know, at home. (laughs) No, she wouldn't. No, 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 no. This one here would be knocking my door down. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, she still was from a distance. So how but did I was at a she? No, well, she says she lets you know what she the least wants amount to yeah. tell you. Yeah. It was a couple of years before I had any idea. So we would still talk just like about things because she's still struggling. I knew she was but struggling it was text at the bar. Also. There were still things. <laughs> it was what? It was via text, too. It was, it was via never, text. I can never Michelle hear her voice. talk on the phone, so most of our relationship was text. So the which, let me just say that the entire time she was gone, and she would communicate with me 1 in the morning, 1230 in the morning, on Facebook Messenger or text, and I'd say, well, just give me a call. And dead silent. I would be ghosted. Just, and she later said, you know, she knew she could reach out to us, but I just couldn't hear your voice. That's why it's so important for you as a believer. When you see another believer going off away from who they are in Christ, you can't be worried about their opinion of you. You've got to reach out to them and remind them of who, because when they forget who they are, you still remember. And I would just say, I'm right here. I'm going to stay up till 2 o'clock. I'm thinking, you know, she'll call me. No, she didn't call. There were many times, <laughs> many times, I'd, I, I, literally, I would pick the phone up, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, to, to both of them. And I'm like, no, I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it. If I hear their voice, I am, no, 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 no. <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. No, we, I didn't know what was going on, and I, I was telling her yesterday, I said, I remember the place, I remember where I was. I was cleaning one of our rental properties, and we just kept going round and round about this situation that she was in, and then I finally said, to some degree, Michelle, are you in a homosexual relationship? Are you, what is, I had no idea at all, and I, you know, and she said, yes, and it just but that moment did not change a thing no. between her and I. Because just like she said, it, it's not any different than another friend telling me what there was. It was no different than her telling me in the back, I'm dealing with whatever it was. And there's been several things that we've talked about. It was no different. I just thought, okay, I didn't know. I had to settle. I did not, I didn't know. And she's caught in something that she had gone, um, and bought a house with this person, and I knew that was a that was a true link. How do we? And she wanted to be out. God never on. left her alone. God never left her alone. You guys can hear me, right? God never left her alone. That was I. I felt like every time she reached out, every time she'd call, every time she'd text, mm -hmm. whenever it was, the the Holy Spirit was never. He could not be doused. It was, it was a dark place for her, but that light was not going out, and we had to yeah. be yeah. there for her. Now, I don't want to exaggerate this moment, but I could go a couple mo months and not hear from you, and all of a sudden on my feed, Pastor John, I don't know if I'm going to make it through tonight. What, what does that mean? What was going on there? Um, I still have those moments. <laughs> um, but it's for a different reason, and I truly believe that. It's mm -hmm. God waking me up saying, hey, we got something we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. And even then, it was him waking me up, having something to talk about. Um, was it I, would, I would wake up, and it was, I've got to go check myself in the hospital somewhere. I'm, I'm physically dying. So anxiety attacks. Absolutely. Overwhelming anxiety attacks. Overwhelming. It was shame, um, guilt. 
um, guilt in the fact that my life, I was living publicly. Everybody could see it. I looked at the way I'm living my life as a bigger sin than people who can hide their sin. Um, That's good. It's no different. It still eats at me. Not today. It's, well, God, no, we're working through that. Um, I would be out and about. I would have restless nights of waking up, and God never left me. He never left me. He would wake me up. And I look back now, and I'm like, that was you. That was you. Amen. Sometimes he'll let you sit in your mess. Sometimes he'll let you be so uncomfortable. And you're like, God, why are you causing this? He doesn't cause us to sin. We have choices that we make. And sometimes life will just get so miserable. That you, it's him saying, hey, duh, life's, life's hard. Like, you can't do it without me. Come home. And I want you to know the Lord, someone said, well, that's not how God deals with his children. Oh, yes, it is. He, he will orchestrate whatever situations, relationships, weaknesses, strengths in your life to make it impossible for you to be okay in that sin. And for her, that anxiety, that overwhelming, it's very hard to say I'm good when you can't go to work, when you can't go to sleep. And, and he was trying to beat you up with the, with the shame part. Yeah, it was shame. Lots and lots of restless nights. Um, I can't remember the last time I slept a whole night through. Um, even now, um, but I think now it's not the shame and guilt. I'm, I'm, he's, he's restored me. (laughs) I don't, he's washed that away. And now the things that I get woken up with are, are, I just want to pray. <laughs> um, I wake up and I, I literally sleep with my Bible beside me in the bed. And I wake up and I'm like, what do you want to show me? And I know there's something. I fall asleep with um, literally, <laughs> I have a sound machine and I'll turn the TV on and I'll literally, I found this app. I let the, I let the Bible get read to me. I fall asleep with the Bible getting mm-hmm. read to me. Um, when did it start to turn for you okay you know when the prodigal it says and he came to himself that's not just a moment that's a process marked by a moment because I remember talking to you I said just come home and you'd say sitting right back here I know I know but God will never do it for you others can't do it for you and people said, oh, you know, in some of our songs, just bear with me, they're, they're just not theologically right, you know. Well, when, when, they're just not. When Jesus, you know, he'll leave the 99 and, and go after the one, yes, but not the rebellious one. When the prodigal leaves the house, the father stays at the house. He has to come home. 
He will go and look for those tenderly that have strayed, but not give me the portion that falleth for me and walks away. And I, I would sit right back here, and literally you'd be trembling, and I'd say, Michelle, come home. And, and you would say, I know, I know. And I would leave church thinking, she's coming back. And then you'd ghost me for a couple more months. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, don't let me be too hard with her. But at the same time, now I'm going to tell you one that might offend you, but that, that's okay. We need to be offended in this last hour to be provoked unto good works. I remember, and I've never asked you, and I won't today, what you thought, you know, when the pictures started going public on Facebook of the wedding. And I want to look you in the face and tell you the countless Christians that wrote her on her page, you look so beautiful today. What a precious day. And I'm sitting in my house. I'm not, a, I'm not, it's, I'm not better than them. I'm thinking, my sister's life is on the line. It's not a beautiful day any more than the man that's marrying his mistress. It's not the sins like the particular, it's the sin issue. My sister is away from God. And I wrote her, I said, you know I love you. And if I know my heart, I, I die for you right now. I'll die in your place for you. But it wasn't a beautiful day today. He offered to like, bring a U-Haul up to my house in Atlanta. <laughs> I get you. Load it he up. He did. He's like, I'm, I'm, just tell me when. I'm bringing the truck. We'll load you up. I'm like, well, I don't know where I'm going, yeah. but okay. Well. But my thing, it's not that Leanne and I are the heroes. That's supposed to be basic Christianity that says, for you to die, you got to go through me. you got to walk around me. And we need to, in this last hour, be aware that when we see one another sin, a sin that's not unto death, we expose ourselves to their rejection, their disdain, their I thought you were our friend, to hear on the other end, you were there for me. You stood in the gap. And don't it feel good on this side? <laughs> so when did you know? When did you know? Okay, not only is this not right, I'm coming home. Like, when did the turn towards God where you know fellowship was restored? Honestly, I can't pinpoint an exact time. Okay. I think it was a it's a gradual process for me. Um, I think for so long, you know, I'd, I'd come into church um, and surround myself with Christians, and I'm looking at people who appear to have their life together, um, and on the inside, mine is a complete mess. And I feel like, and, and it's, and mine was outward, outwardly. People could see it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what do they know? How can they help me? Their life is together. They've got the perfect family. They're, they're happy. They have no problems. And that's because people, in my opinion, <laughs> you got to humble yourself. You got to be real with each other. Talk to each other. If you're struggling with something, hey, mm -hmm. hey, friend, like, I'm struggling in this area of my life. And for me, being someone that walked away, if I see that, I'm going to be more prone to come to you and say, hey, you, you know about real life stuff. Let, talk to me. Help, help me. Let's pray about this. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I'm not going to them. I'm scared to go to them. Why would yeah. I? 
or my own life. Watch this excuse. Or my own life's not together. That's why we are to take the beam out of our eye first so that we can take the pieces out of other people's eye. It's the self-examination first. We have to be on point. We have to be strong. We have to be able to look that person in the eye and say, Michelle, you've known me. You know how flawed I am. But there's nothing between me and Jesus today. I'm flawed, fully flawed, but there's nothing between me and Jesus. Let me help. So you said there wasn't a, a, a day, it was gradual, but you, you, you dissolved the covenant with this other person that day. How long ago was that? Well, it was a gradual, that was a gradual process too. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we were still living under the same roof. Uh-huh. Um, and this isn't about her today. We're not, yes. this has nothing to do with her. This is my sister. Um, it was a gradual process, but it's like I told Leanne yesterday, we were, we were married by the state of Georgia. We were married. In God's eyes, of course we were not married. That wasn't a, that wasn't a God covenant. Um, so it took a while for that process to actually happen. But as far as me, I would say, I mean, almost three years. Okay. Um, yeah. Now this is the part I'd love, Leanne, any insight you have in y'all's history. It's okay. Let's shift gears. The heart turns back to God and whosoever calls on the name of the Lord is saved, delivered. And God says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. He that comes to me, I will never turn that person away. So you've come to him and you're turned away. The Exodus story has been your story. You're coming out fully repentant, turning your back on the lifestyle, owning your sin. It's kind of like the little girl that comes up pregnant at 16, 17. Well, her sin's public, but the boy's private. Yours is public. You take it all on the chin but the devil didn't leave you alone. Pharaoh comes out with all of his chariots and horses. Now, I don't mean the homosexual community. I mean anxiety not from the father, but from the Tell us about that gravitational pull. Now, you are fully back, but the hordes of hell, they didn't just sit by. This two years has been harder than the rebellion in some ways. Um, for me, I had always kind of prided myself. I was talking yesterday. I'd always prided myself on being a strong person. Even my parents were like, Michelle, I don't know how, I don't know how you got through some of the stuff you did, even as a child, the things you had to witness, the things you, that you did and gone through. You're, you're so strong. Like, how did you manage it? And, um, in reality, mentally for me, emotionally for me, I am the weakest individual you will meet. Um, so that's where the attack came on for me. Um, you're not good enough. Um, people don't like you. Why would someone ever want to love you again? Mm-hmm. Um, the shame just guilt constantly I remember late at night you'd reach out to me Mm -hmm. and you'd say Pastor John if I'm forgiven why am I so tormented and tortured 
and the, the devil, we're not ignorant of his devices. He knows that the beautiful girl, the sincere girl, the worshiper is also a frail, like you said, a fragile girl. And he, he trying to break her. And he doesn't let us go lightly. God saves absolutely. But it's like I don't recognize this part, though, here. Standing up in front of you, you don't understand this is impossible. Michelle ain't getting up here with a mic and talk. I mean, she's coming in, slipping in late, leaving early. Ghost. She says, John, I've got to tell them how broad the road is to destruction. And how narrow it is unto life. But if you even turn towards God at all, the prodigal walks, the father runs. You see? And she said, I've, I've got a story to tell. I can't just let this be a failure that I did. And she said, I think the Lord's going to use me. And I'm, who is this girl? Not that you wouldn't be willing to do that, but that public part. Because you can finish their sentences. You can take them by the hand and, and tell them, yeah, but where great sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Did y'all have any? Uh, you said a couple of those other points. No, I just, it's, no, this journey was so long. Like Pastor John said, it's such a miracle that she's sitting up here this morning. When you go through, it's been 13 years at least of watching this Help me, no, I don't want your help. Help mm -hmm. me, no, I don't want your help. Help me, no, I don't want your help. And I remember that in my own time of walking away from the Lord in my 20s where I knew I needed the Lord. I knew I needed the help, but I was still torn. And this back and forth, it's been back and forth for 13 plus years. Um, and being able to see her and, he, and hearing her, she would walk away from things. We got her out of the, the mm -hmm. one, and then we'd be linked with something else, or out of this, and then linked with something else. They're just, that freedom was not coming. But, and we would say, I remember telling Brian, if she, her walking away from something, she'd walk away, but she'd never say, because I'm turning to Christ. It was never that full, and being able to see and the vocalization, the testimony, it's by the yes. word of our testimony. It's not just going, I'm turning my back, but I'm leaving it open-ended. It kept being open-ended. So they overcame him this by, is the, done. by the blood of the lamb By and the word of our testimony. This is the day. You yeah. know, this is the public testimony. Mm. I just, I also, um, if you're struggling with something, I don't care what it is. Don't make yourself an idol that you think that you're strong enough that you can walk out of it by yourself and do it yourself because you can't. When God told us to go and sin no more, he equips you with things to walk away from those mm -hmm. temptations. Um, so don't, don't make yourself an idol like I did because <laughs> I'm not strong enough. You're not strong enough. Yeah. Do you know how beautiful today was? And yes, I see that little girl this morning. And I just want to say it publicly as your pastor. Though your sins were as scarlet, 
they are today white as snow. Can someone say amen this morning? In closing, Michelle, uh, what do you do with familiar memories? You know, the, even when we're delivered, the scent of our former life can, you know, not every memory of sin is horrible. What, what, what do you do? Is there a part of you that's like, you about killed me last time? Or is it, is, do you find yourself drifts and then you go no no and run back to God or like you said that's your anchor that's your safe place now what about when the familiarity starts wafting back in what do you do I have learned um, every day is a struggle it doesn't necessarily have to be the lifestyle I was living every day is a struggle Um, I have to stay like I am not even joking. I have not watched television. I have not turned on secular music. I have, you name it, in months because I can't. I have had to ground myself from the time I wake up, driving in that horrible traffic to Atlanta, <laughs> listening. Come home, Michelle, to make it. <laughs> listening to him. Um, I have to remember the nights of waking up and laying flat on my face and saying, God, I I don't want to live. I have to remember the nights that I wanted to kill myself. I didn't want to live. And not only is he letting me live, he's letting me live forgiven. Glory! Glory! You know what I'm looking forward to? If the Lord allows the next Sunday when you walk in. Because me and Leanne always greet you up there. And I want y'all, you know, don't read into anything, but that'll be the first Sunday that everybody knows. But that's her gift to you. That's her gift to you. And you got to be open to some people. They might even be strange. And you don't know them. And they come up, I'm just so proud of you, girl, and hug you. But we are blessed by your story because it reminds us of our story years ago. There are people all over this place can match you. Sin for sin, story for story. But the issue for Michelle Craig is not how she lived, but how Christ died that's the message for you we've got a song she doesn't know I'm going to do this for her she sent it to me on this side of it she don't ghost me she don't mind she'll wake me up in the morning 6 o'clock Pastor John have you seen this in the word I'm like I ain't seen nothing in the word This she'll send she'll send me what do you think about the three toes on the foot in Daniel and I'm like "I, I don't know Michelle anyway but she sent me one yesterday or again day before And she said, he's so tender with me. And I want you just to listen to the lyrics of this word. And then um, we're going to invite you to let this be the turning point. There are people in this room. you're You're in open, rebellious sin. There are people in hidden sin. But what if her story 
feels like it gives you permission to come home to Christ. And during this song, um, you can do this. Play that for us. Listen to the lyrics especially of this. altars are open. Who is it this morning this was for? Come home. Who is this for this morning? Come home. Come back to God, backslider. Come home. Who's it for? Come on, backslider. Come home.
If you're in this room today and you're away from the Lord, if not today, when? If you will turn from thence, the Bible said, and will return unto the Lord, He'll receive you. If that's you this morning, would you come? With every eye open. Hey, sir. We're man enough to walk away from God. Can we be man enough to walk to Him? Ma'am, with every eye open. I'm coming back home today, John. I didn't plan on today, but today's my day. I'm coming back home. If that's you, come on. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you today? Would you stand with us this morning? Michelle, I'm going to ask you in just a minute to pray over us. But I want to tell you, with your permission, may we archive this later? Okay. I believe this is the seed today. And it, of course there are people that it's ministered to that we'll never know. But word will get out and a friend is going to log on and they're going to say something like, Lord, what you did for Michelle, will you, will you do that for me? And the Lord's going to use this for his glory. Can someone say amen? So would you dismiss us with a, your own prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord and let us see that part of the, the little girl that's back home with her father this morning? shackle 
understand the coming days, weeks, years, however long, Lord, that you would just be with us, walk with us, and God, continue to just show your tenderness. God, if we need to sit in our stuff and be miserable in order for us to turn back with you, God, I pray that that's just the way it's got to be. God, I pray that those who are walking strong in your word, Lord, and that know you, that they would open their hearts and their minds, though, and search within and ask themselves, Lord, is there anything between me and you? Is there anything between me and you that would cause a non-believer not to see you? God, it's not about the sin. It's about the relationship with you. All that you ask is for us to come sit at your feet. You've already set the table for us. The table is set. And all we have to do is just go ahead and RSVP to that dinner with you, Lord, that we're going to have. <laughs> God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy that you have had upon my life when I didn't deserve it. Thank you for Pastor John and people like me and Lord that continue to sow into people who are lost. I pray that you go with your church family this week and just surround them with your loving arms and let them feel your presence around them. And if there's a tug within when someone and they're asking, should I do this? If there's any question about it, Lord, I pray that they would go to you first and not follow their flesh and do what they want to do. We love you. We thank you for always showing up. In your name I pray. Amen. Can someone say amen this morning? Thank you, Lord. Hey, guys in the sound booth, on your way out, we had titled today, I said, Round Table, you know, and uh, such were some of us, you know. Change it to Last Shackle. When she prayed, she said, this is the last shackle. Did you catch that? For the glory of the Lamb.